We're really at the very early, early stages of what big data is, and I think we are past the days where just finding the data is going to be enough. Massive amounts of data that are difficult to manage with current database tools, but storage pros can see the light at the end of the tunnel. This is Transforming Storage, made possible by Intel. I'm Jason Lopez. We looked around for a good, succinct description of big data, and nothing was as good as Adam Mendoza's. He's a strategic planner for cloud storage at Intel. Well, big data happens to be the uh, idea that you have so much information from so many different sources. In essence, you're trying to figure out what are the relationships between the data? Are there any kinds of trends that I can see in that information? And the data sources, which is what uh, you know makes big data so interesting, could be just about anything. So is it machine telemetry in a data center? Is it people interacting with a particular website? These are all considered to be sources but what makes this so interesting and so difficult is the fact that you have so much of the information. So sifting through it and correlating it is what makes big data a very hard thing to, to figure out, but it's also very valuable. Mendoza says data growth is on an exponential curve and will need new tools to intelligently sift through that data, figuring out what is and isn't important, often before it resides on a disk. It has to be sifted somewhere, so we need to have that in the storage because that's where the data will reside. You don't want to keep sending it from you know location to location. With this amount of information, um, the amount of bandwidth uh, and the congestion that you would cause, et cetera, in the network, you really have to get very, very smart or intelligent about how to be able to do it as close to where the information resides on the disk. Well, why can't better search algorithms solve this kind of problem? Your search algorithm gives you all possible hits, right? When you do some kind of search on whatever browser you're utilizing. You need a filter on top of that filter. It says this is more of a 90% likelihood that this is the right information. Uh, even then, I have had a variety and a number of, uh, of instances where it's like, well, e even if um, the search uh, engine is 90% sure, it was 100% wrong. So when you're doing trend analysis and when you're looking at things on a broader scale, you're not getting the, the luxury of being able to say this and this and this prescribed word. You actually have to use a variety of variables and then be able to say, how do we correlate these variables instead of just give me instances of how they occur? That's where big data and analytics are going to be very interesting, very powerful, is the ability to do ad hoc queries and correlations in a much smarter way than just a search engine hit rate. And to Mendoza's other insight, intelligent storage not only means identifying the valuable data before it resides on disk, running it through trend analysis and such, but deciding what to keep. We want to be able to uh, reduce the amount of data that is being produced because otherwise you're just going to keep going down this, this path of constantly buying more and more capacity, not necessarily having to, uh, to keep all that information because it may not be applicable or pertinent to what, what you need for your business. So the other aspect of being able to um, compress it, dedupe it, um, and being able to do that all where the data happens to get into in the, in the storage platform 
platform, that's where the intelligence needs to be applied, the intelligence for the business and the intelligence to apply what data uh, needs to be kept around and how and what format it has to be kept around in. Adam Mendoza is a strategic planner for cloud storage at Intel. Coming up, we talk with a researcher at Intel Labs about future storage technologies. This is Transforming Storage. Back in June, at the Intel Labs event Research at Intel held in San Francisco, we found a perfect example of some future uses for big data. It's all around us, collected for all sorts of reasons. Adam Laskowitz, an interactive designer in the Intel Immersive Computing Lab, has been looking into this, and his team found a perfect example. They found lists of trees along streets in Portland from the Parks and Recreation Department. Also, what you want to know is when they're currently pollinating. So we also brought in a source of data from, from Eugene, Oregon, where they have standard um, pollination periods for, for uh, allergenic trees. For an allergy sufferer, this seemingly mundane city planning information on some server somewhere could be gold. So you can move here through time and see when certain trees uh, will be pollinating and, and when they won't be pollinating. Uh, so, so this is very temporal and spatial data that's very useful for you um, if, you're, if you're making your way around this community. Adam Laskowitz is an interactive designer at Intel Labs which has teams of researchers exploring the future of computing. Dan Dolly is the director of technology management at Intel Labs. He says the advent of intelligent storage enables the promise of unlocking many benefits of big data, like that info for allergy sufferers in Portland. We're really at the very early, early stages of what big data is and what kind of tools we'll need to mine the potential intelligence that's in that. If you don't know what is going to be meaningful, how do you go find that at the right time to be meaningful? But I think we are past the days where just finding the data is going to be enough. The other thing we're looking at is how do you actually you know, tag data at its source to give some hints, some handles to help uh, accelerate those analytics problems and help categorize the data kind of as it's stored. Building intelligence onto the processor itself is happening now and will enable more powerful analytics to make sense of big data. And as intelligence increases over time, Dolly also envisions new systems like persistent memory. There's a next generation of persistent memory, non-volatile memory, that has more DRAM characteristics in terms of access, but has more SSD-like characteristics in terms of density and cost, actually less expensive than SSD. And that change can change the nature of computing or how we think about computing quite a bit. Such a jump in storage technology would require new operating systems and file systems. With persistent memory, our way of computing would become obsolete. But closer to where we are now is the eventuality of large amounts of storage capacity in our pocket. A terabyte enables some interesting usage models. You could do that inexpensively and also very power efficiently. Basically, it costs you zero power to keep it around. You could keep lots of things with you that you may or may not need or you know, that you're likely to need. You think about uh, doing offline browsing or something like that. Uh, you could look at a web page and be able to click through multiple links and actually be able to have all those pages come up even if you are in some remote location or in a building that doesn't have uh, 
cellular data access or Wi-Fi uh, uh, availability for whatever reason. Another way to carry around the info you need is not to necessarily carry every possible piece of data. What if your smartphone already knows what you need? Just like storage intelligence in the data center, it predicts what you'll need, like frequently asked questions. Yeah, that would be a, a good way to think about it. So uh, the amount of data being stored in the cloud is uh, growing at huge amounts every day. Even though the storage capabilities are growing quickly, it's likely that the uh, need for just storing static data, things like video that don't change, you know, are still going to be beyond what you can just keep with you. So rather than keeping everything with you, being more intelligent about what's likely. So if, if you could tie the intelligence into your context of the day and your calendar, then you can uh, do pre-caching before you go offline, before you uh, leave uh, a high bandwidth area. You could have that with you and you could really do something that we call delay tolerant networking where you can uh, kind of collect the data that needs to be transported and do that opportunistically when you have an inexpensive or fast uh, connection and then be able to work offline in between those things. Dolly then explains the state of one project using intelligent storage, a project on speech recognition. Currently, it poses a big challenge, requiring large libraries of voice and symbol data, which needs a big back-end compute process. This advent of uh, this new persistent memory, non-volatile memory technologies, you, know, you could conceivably have these libraries sitting in your pocket and be one of those uses. And you know, being able to access those uh, libraries much, much faster than you can today and, and being able to be close to you so you don't have to have the distance problem of transferring data can make things more responsive. This speech recognition technology is but one piece of the puzzle of what the future will be like. Still, Adam Mendoza concludes the impact of big data and technologies like intelligent storage will cut across everything. It's going to permeate just about everything that we do, from toll booths to kids' dental records to, you know, any kind of online interaction. So I would expect that we're going to see the analytics capability be both hidden because it's just uh, something that gets sampled without you even knowing it. And it's also going to be part of what your day-to-day -day life happens to be. This is Transforming Storage. I'm Jason Lopez.